Well, that's all recorded now. That's a, that's all part of the live. And welcome <laughs> an, another weekend of botching the 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 live start to the show. Here we go. We're we are so awesome at we this. Can- Hello and welcome to Funny Science Fiction, the live edition. You know, I think the most appropriate introduction that we could use instead of us saying, you know, some uh, self-deprecating line is just the podcast that can't figure out the live show. But we can make fire. But we can make fire. But we are the Funny <laughs> Science Fiction podcast. This indeed is our live edition and at one point in our career, we will become the podcast. That's the reason why aliens roll up their windows and lock their doors while going past Earth. I think they do that already, don't they? <laughs> oh, I don't want so that neighborhood. We're going to get blamed for it. <laughs> well, before we get into tonight's show, we need to say thanks to our show partners, River City Tees and Level Up Lightsabers. First up... With over 700 designs to choose from, River City Tees has something for everyone. Need some new nerd merch? River City Tees has you covered. Need funny or sarcastic designs? River City Tees has you covered. Are you looking for a new logo or custom design? Whether you need one or 100, River City Tees has you covered. With multiple colors and options for each and every design. With things to choose from like shirts, hoodies, phone cases, coffee mugs, and so much more. Be sure to follow River City Tees on Facebook and Instagram. If you do, you'll get the latest on designs and information about upcoming sales. River City Tees, let's make a shirt together. Whoops. (laughs) I'm supposed to have lines, but apparently every time I try talking, Tim interrupts me. Sorry. You had something to say. Please continue your, your thought there. So that was River City Tees. Next up is our favorite level of lightsabers. See, I waited for you to finish that time. I know. I was, I was waiting for you to interrupt me, though. I, I know. I know. All right. Here's level up. Links for both of those be in the comment section as always. They're getting there. Don't sound so excited, Kathleen. That's actually not part of the script. I'm just now afraid to talk. Well, I think she was waiting to see if I was going to, you know, cut her off as I did like the last three times that she tried to say something. (laughs) Sorry, you just got you got so much of me over the weekend that you're like, oh my gosh, I can make her stop talking again. Well, tonight we welcome Ben Riley, or as you may know him from TikTok, the Hardy Healer. Oh, hello, welcome. Ben. Hi. I'm both excited and absolutely dreading what we're talking about tonight because it's going to be really interesting. <laughs> it's going to be a train wreck, but that's just what we do. Oh boy. We I will, I will make Jason a believer. 
Jason! Jason Taylor, how you doing, buddy? So what Ben is alluding to, and you may have seen it in the show notes, are for tonight's festivities, we're going to try and talk about something that sometimes ruffles a few feathers, sometimes gets a little people a little hot under the collar when it comes to Star Wars. Uh, and that's just generally the topic of Jar Jar Binks. Um, but tonight we're talking about, in, in specifics, whether or not Darth Jar Jar is a real thing. So are you a believer or are you a skeptic when it comes to the possibility of Jar Jar Binks being a Sith Lord? And is there enough evidence to support it based on what we've seen in the movies and what has been said, done, post and pre-Phantom Menace? So before that, uh, holy cow, we made Jason. We don't even have to make it Jason a believer. We already did it. Holy cow. All right. So we did just cover this topic at the Monroe Pop Fest on past Saturday, Friday. Yeah. Friday? Yeah. Friday. Yeah. It was a blur. I don't remember things. Yeah. So this past weekend, we were at the Monroe Pop Fest in Monroe, Michigan. And uh, this was one of the tables that, that we, uh, table discussions that we had. And, uh, you know, we had a really cool conversation with the Three Geeks podcast, which is where Jason Taylor is from. And, and by discussion, uh, I mean Max yelled at us. Well, Max, yell, Max always yells at us, so I don't feel all that bad about Max yelling at us. So, and <laughs> I just love Ben. I just love Ben's face reading John's comment. He's like, mm, uh, the the worst part is reading it in the voice. Oh yeah, <laughs> like if it was just a random voice, it'd be one thing. But it, Jesus, sorry, <laughs> sorry, my, my dog is going full goblin mode right now, <laughs> just in the corner, just <laughs> doing nothing. Sort of nice. like. Uh, Oh, she she got a little wet in the rain, so she's just <laughs> slamming her face into the ground to get all the water off. Oh, no. <laughs> Not a soggy puppy. She does that. It's funny. All right. So if you guys are watching out there, please make sure that you guys let StreamYard have uh, access to your information as much as you're comfortable, at least so that we can know who you are. Uh, if you have comments that you have on this topic, if thoughts that you have on this topic, please put it down into the comment section as you see we'll get as many of those as we can up onto the screen we would love to hear With your the, thoughts remember we're family friendly please don't yell at us <laughs> actually kathleen just doesn't want to be yelled at nick's nick doesn't care so nick's Very used to us sensitive. all right so nick i'm gonna let you lead this out because you did such a good job on it on friday let's talk about jar jar binks is he a sith lord yes <laughs> That's where Ben shuts off his camera and walks off. Kate. <laughs> I will preface this. Um, I, I did. We did discover. You know, he was made a little too silly, and I think if they had dialed back the silliness just a little bit, it would have been a little more believable. Um, I'm still a fan of it, though, um, and so. <laughs> <clears throat> No, your two-year-old's doomed. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> love you. Too, we have uh, a lot of. Uh... Was Mick here for the Dune Star Wars crossover? I don't uh -huh. think he was. I don't think so. But if he did, I'm pretty Mick's sure he was crying. A lot. I, I was crying for it. <laughs> he, should, he should be crying for it. <laughs> he was in the comments for it. So, so Ben, what do you think? We. Uh... <sighs> Where do you stand on this, Ben? So, 
So my whole thought is there there are three main schools of thought that I've seen on like Reddit and other forums and stuff is there's no, he's not a Sith Lord. I'm mostly leaning to because some people just are that bad where they're just that goofy and weird and whatnot. Uh, I... There's the other that he is a Sith Lord. Cool. There's another one that I've seen that Jar Jar Binks is actually Darth Plagueis. And I'm just that. like, as bad as it sounds, I'm like, I can see why people think that. Because Plagueis was supposed to be the one to get Palpatine into the politics and get him into power. And the whole episode two giving him emergency powers. I'm like, yeah, that that might be a thing. But at the same time, I'm like, no. He's not. I, I don't believe he is. Okay. So here's a couple things that I want I want to lay out first before we get too far into this. So we, we have to talk about uh, George Lucas and his his setup of of Jar Jar going into this. Now there's a couple things that that George has said that make me think that there's reason to believe that this is a possibility. So the the first thing is is that. George has gone on record to say multiple times that Jar Jar is the key to everything. Oh God. <laughs> and so, but it's, but with that being said, it's also unclear as to what he was referring to. Was he the key to, you know, was it his silliness? That was the key. His overacting. That was the key. Was it his, you know, there's a lot of different things that could, that Jar Jar could have been the key for. Uh, when it came to episode one in particular. The other thing is that um, George has also gone on record to say that one of the main stylistic influences on Jar Jar Binks is Goofy from Disney, from Mickey Mouse. And if you watch Jar Jar at all, which I went back and did this afternoon quite extensively unfortunately um <laughs> yeah there there's a lot of similarities there between them you can see that you know in the way that they act the, the way that the walk you know the you know the sloughing of the shoulders everything so there's a lot of similarities there but the one thing that always kind of gets me is that there's a a tweet from Ahmed best that where he refers to uh the fact that he appreciates that people are catching on to the storyline, even though it was something to the effect of it wasn't, you know, openly seen or something like that years later. So even things that were in secret or in hiding, something like that years later. I don't remember the exact tweet, and I apologize. I probably should have had that uh, readily here for me. I thought I'd remember it better. I should have known better. It's Monday night. Um but, you know, so those are a couple of things that you have to pay attention to as far as I'm concerned. And then you can start getting into the the things on screen, the things that you see, the how it's set up, how it, how it works, and, and actually how the character is portrayed from that point forward. Speaking of things on screen, <laughs> um, I present to you, uh, I don't know, what is this, like, Number one, the, the first we, fact. We don't know if you aren't telling us. <laughs> Exhibit A? Exhibit That's A. what it is. Exhibit A. Um, oh, gosh, I'm the brains here. So tonight, right? we actually the brain see uh, 
Jar Jar using a force jump in which if all Gungans were able to do this, why didn't they do this in that ba- that final battle? <coughs> kind of thing. Uh, yep. Okay. So he literally like Love the, the muting for the DMCA purposes. <laughs> I mean, look how high that jump was. It was ridiculously high. Oh. Like, he, he gets ready to jump, and then, wee! Like, that's as tall as a tree right there. Because, I mean, if you think Qui-Gon's six foot, so yeah. With some... <sighs> I'm also going to destroy my own argument here, saying that it looks a lot like an Ataru form. The I can't remember the particular attack. It's when you jump over, do a spin, and then slash essentially at their back. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to ruin my own argument by saying that, but at the same time, I'm going to say, during the Clone Wars cartoon, we do see Gungans jumping like that. Really? I, I believe so. Unless really... I'm just completely imagining it, in which case... Whoops. Uh, <laughs> which, uh, do you happen to remember which episode? God, no. I did not care too much for the Gungan episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. They were a bit, uh, painful? No, that's that's too harsh of a word. <laughs> there were a lot. There were a well, lot. The other thing to take notice of with that jump, because this is one of the points that a lot of people... Uh, use in, in identifying this as, as possibility of the use of force powers is that there's also and we'll get in I'm sure we'll get into this in a few minutes a little bit more but there's also the the way that he centers himself as he prepares for the jump with the two arms straight out forward that's also part of the uh, the way that uh, those who practice the drunken fist wushu style of fighting would center themselves as they begin to get ready the Gungan episodes were terrible, and I like the Christmas special. For <laughs> <laughs> all that beautiful anyway. Gungan footage. <laughs> so, <laughs> there is a Reddit thread from six years ago talking about Force Jump versus Gungan agility. So if, Jun- if Jar Jar's somersault jump early in Phantom Menace was merely a feat of Gungan agility, you'd assume every Gungan has mastered this. Jar Jar being the klutz that he is, he couldn't have mastered a unique skill like that. So. Well, then it comes back down to, is he a buffoon or is he a Sith Lord? Right. So, you know. And like it was pointed out at the battle for Naboo, all of the Gungans would have been jumping like that. Right. But they weren't. Well, my thought with it is he is a buffoon. So that's probably not the type of jump other Gungans would do. It's also, there were two well-established Jedi right next to him. If it was a Force ability, they probably would have known. Right, also, that's where here, uh, I agree with you on that one, Ben. I, I've always thought that that was, in this argument uh, for the, the, the possibility of Force power use and the, the Force jump, you know, would, would not have Qui-Gon and his, you know, his... Uh, Holy crap, my apprentice Padawan. Padawan, thank you. (laughs) Holy crap, my mind went blank. But yeah, Uh, so would not a a Jedi Master and his Padawan right there notice the use of a Force ability and and made comment of it after he was already in the water? 
Right. Uh, also, with I, I have the Jedi path here, and I went to the page uh, with the ability that I was referring to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That type of jump. Uh, mm-hmm. Very similar. As you see, Yoda, Obi-Wan, pretty much all of the Jedi do a similar thing. Mm-hmm. But now the question comes down to, is that a particular like move? Or is that just saving money with CGI and just throwing a new skin on it when they do the jump? <laughs> Unless, as is also pointed out in this Reddit thread, was he forced concealing his Force abilities? But he wouldn't have been able to with that jump, though. Yeah, if we're going by Legends lore... When Luke, like, shrunk his presence in the Force, he couldn't use most of his Force abilities. He could do, like, his empathic sense, things like that. But if he used any kind of telekinesis or enhancement, he wouldn't be able to maintain the concealment. So unless he's a really powerful Force user, probably not. But we don't know. Right, because it depends on which end of the spectrum. If if you are a, a... Jar Jar Sith believer. It depends on which end of the spectrum you're on. If you're, if you think that he was just there as, as the Sith to try and and get him in you know, the Sith into the story, or if you believe he was Darth Plagueis, it depends on which end you're on because that would affect how much of the Force he was using and the extent to which he was able to control it. So, or or another thought, he was Force concealing, but that's also just a gun can jump. Absolutely. It could be both. I agree. All right. Nick, what's exhibit B? We also have the whole um, they modeled his style after the drunken fist style of fighting. Um, And so various things of where he um, he jumps or or how he, he fights in a way is very drunken fist style and they actually put like kind of go back and forth between a couple of the things here so first he's on his back just after the tank went through and how he's like lifting himself up there is also the same as that kick up there and so now during the battle he's literally like looking around but he's also kind of like bouncing side to side and he does we saw like a leg sweep thing there and he does like a leg sweep thing here too i don't know if i'd call that a leg sweep as much as it is just stepping with long legs (laughs) right but he stepped with purpose so that um he would uh be able to shoot and like right he was also aware of that droid Deca behind him. Like right. he so, like Yeah. So what it comes down to is was he obscenely lucky or was he using the force to control what he was doing with again the drunken fist style of fighting. So when he's stomping his foot with the with the the robots or the droids, wires wrapped around his foot, you know, to shoot the other oncoming droids diving to you know to shoot the droidica that was coming up behind him that he would have if he was not a force user would have been completely you know oblivious to him more than likely not being able to hear him because of the battle that's going on around him you know um you know but did did he sense that droid coming up and then turn and jump 
you know, it, it's a question. Then again, they have eyes up on their on stocks, right? So they could have like, yeah, you know, <laughs> give it the give it the flip around. Yeah, absolutely, it's a possibility. It it also brings up the question of why did that Droidica not have their shield up? Right. Yeah, I was con- I was yeah. I'm not concerned about that, but quizzed, quizzical. If it, quizzical. if Jar Jar is a Sith Lord, maybe it went, oh, this is friendly, I gotta play along. And then that's how, you know. Mm. I like poking holes in my own argument, it's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I don't believe it, but here's all the reasons why it could be true. Uh, right. No, I love that, though. But you know, So one of the things, too, I want to I go back to real quick. Um the other thing that I've always kind of wondered, and this is something I came across today, and I forgot to mention it while we were talking about the other bit, right before the jump, and right before Jar Jar meets up with uh, with Qui Gon, is now that that uh, Trade Federation ship landed on the opposite side of the planet of Naboo, you know, and dropped, and Jar Jar just happened to be there, you know, is is, is he the, again? Is he that lucky where he just happened to be there, you know, or unlucky, depending on how you're viewing it, because, you know, the the capital city was on the other side of the planet. Why was the Trade Federation ship going there, landing there? Was it to meet Jar Jar and have Jar Jar take over from there and get things set up? Or was it just a happy story coincidence? As someone with military experience and knowledge, I could say it's because the more than likely, Theed had aerial defenses, so if they tried to land closer, they would have been shot down. Or at least had some kind of defense. Like, Naboo is peaceful, but not unarmed. So True. Okay. I'll go with that. From a slightly more, I know, throwing realism in a fantasy world is a bit difficult. How dare but... you? <laughs> but, yeah, that that's just my thing on it. As for why Jar Jar was there, just horrible luck. <laughs> Either that, or as Lucas says, Jar Jar is the the key essentially. Yeah, the hinge, the, the key to everything. The Force dictates all of it. The Force wants the inevitable outcome of right. Palpatine is killed, all this other stuff. Everything goes as the Force plans. Correct. No one else knows what the plan is, though. So, more than likely. The Force had to try and shoehorn something in to ensure the death of Qui-Gon, that being Jar Jar, to get... Actually, yeah, it makes a lot more sense to think of Jar Jar as, like, the Force really focusing on killing Qui-Gon than as a Sith Lord. Yeah, because the Force is going to find balance one way or another, and it's going to level things out. Even if, it, like you said, has to shoehorn something in to make it work, there's going to be, you know, opportunity for it to, to build itself. Uh, just in case, says, imagine had they landed just 100 miles from that exact spot, it's a totally unlikely coincidence. It's possible, yeah. You know, that, and that's kind of the thing about it is, you know, you also have to go back to what Obi-Wan Kenobi said when he was talking with Han Solo. In his experience, there's no such thing as luck. Yeah. So, whether it's good luck or bad luck, um, you know, Obi clearly didn't believe in that. So, but, you know, we're talking about an experienced Force user, an experienced Jedi Master. You know, but that could have been just his personal opinion. Does Just because he was a Jedi Master doesn't mean he was right about everything. Right. I mean, we find out 
pretty emphatically that most of the Jedi's beliefs were probably wrong. <laughs> a good portion of them, yes. <laughs> yeah, it was a I big mean, chunk of no <laughs> that ended up getting washed away. That's yeah. why uh, um, nope. Ahsoka nope. ended up leaving the Jedi Order. Yeah. Because she was like, no, I don't agree with this. So, see ya. <laughs> and so he's saying, following up to his, his statement, perhaps it was the Force willing it to be there, the ship to be there, for Jar Jar to be there, whether it was to make sure that Qui-Gon died so that Anna could, could rise, or whatever it was. So, even if it was just like a Gungan jump, per se, or he was just lucky in the battle... There is another scene that totally is definitely some sort of force usage. And it's the scene where they're um, sneaking into Naboo to save the queen, I think. And it's when they drop down from the bridge. So there's a scene here. Is this when he gets his foot caught or... No, this is jumping off the the bridge. Yeah, so he, like, they jumped off the bridge, and he, like, dangles right there, and he catches the ledge. We also see Luke Skywalker doing this in a future film, and even uh, Obi-Wan does it later. Uh, It's technically a a past film, but, you know. Yeah, you know. (laughs) So they... Time is relative. It's all wibbly-wobbly. Right, so they jump down, and... Jar Jar is like sneaking up with them. Uh... And I also so... love how Qui Gon and Obi Wan are like crouched down, and Jar Jar is just like, like he just bends it like an inch. Right. And so he now falls on this side of uh, Obi Wan. Because mm-hmm. Qui-Gon was in the middle, Obi was on the far right, and Jar Jar was on the far left. But if you also watch the droids in the background, so it wasn't an animation uh, error. Uh, okay, where do we... Okay, so over here, if you watch these droids... Like this droid right here is going to look up at Jar Jar. This droid here is actually going to shoot at Jar Jar. Well, they first shoot at the original position, then they look towards the new position where he actually landed. Right. So. (laughs) Anyone else have thoughts? Because I have many. Go for it, Ben. Fire away. I have nothing but respect for George Lucas. Like the Star Wars is an absolute masterpiece, but talking specifically about a Phantom Menace, um, that was a cinematic nightmare. Obi-Wan's braid changes like five times throughout the film. Saying something like that is not a, a CGI glitch. I'm pretty sure it is because they also filmed refilmed, did reshoots after that, edited, chopped, threw things in different places. There's huge swaths of that movie that were done completely out of order just on blue screen. So that, that. 
If it was something else, I would have been like, oh, maybe. No, that, that I'm just, <laughs> that's just bad editing, honestly, for me at least. Okay. I can give you that one pretty easily. I I understand the reasons for that argument, but I have a harder time biting into that one for the same reasons you just gave. But um, I know we have some future material for argument's sake that uh, I, I agree a little closer with. What's next, Nick? Um, is this I exhibit, exhibit C or D? I think, I think it's D. D. Let's go with D. Please present so, exhibit D. So the other one is that he was using uh, like a force of uh, persuasion because he rarely uses his hands when he's talking in general. But then when you uh, look at him in other scenes and he's trying to do things in favor of like for himself or, or to move a plot along, you see him doing some sort of a hand gesture to uh, to add to that um, ability. Uh, like him getting that promotion, he's like, oh, no, no, you don't have to do that. Or him persuading Amidala there, or him persuading the entire council. So, so for the most part, I agree with with this portion of the the argument. I have a hard time with the fact that he convinced the entire Galactic Senate all at once with just you know because uh, he he would have to be an, an immensely powerful force being to control the entire Galactic Senate uh, in order to turn everything over to at that point the way that they did. But there are a couple points where I do believe that he did that there's a possibility of him using this for instance i don't think it was shown there but there's the when he gets uh when he takes the 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 looks like a frog thing hanging in the market and mm -hmm. uh it smacks the bulba and sabulba comes over and, and kind of pseudo attacks him he um hand thing he does do a hand wave and sabulba immediately lets go again is that Editing an editing issue, you can go, yeah, but then again, it's anim it's a CGI, it's completely animated. So they're they're putting that in on purpose, the hand wave. And then you can watch the bulb let go and, and move back. Um, you know, and then there's other times when he's talking with Padme about you know becoming a senator and doing you know, doing all these things as a representative of Naboo, you can see him do the hand wave, you know, and there's all these different things, and there's times as well where um, you know, Qui-Gon is talking with uh, Padme uh, or um, and as he's as the other person's talking Jar Jar's mouth is moving in the background lip syncing the exact same thing they're saying and so it's, it's kind of an interesting point um, when they wanted to go into the city and and Qui-Gon was like no, you know, no more directions from, from her highness today um there's that there's that one and then there's the other one where they're actually i think they're in the city getting ready to go into uh the toydarians uh, uh shop and they're standing outside and uh padme and qui-gon get into it a little bit uh jar jar is just around the corner from them 
he says she says something, but uh, Jar Jar is is mouthing it in the background as well. That that I would like to see because I I I don't know. Yeah, I don't have it's... I don't have any footage of that one. But yeah. uh... way to go, Nick! Way to go! We entrusted you with the. No, I'm just fine. Yeah. Uh, as for the the like hand gestures and stuff, the only one that I could say maybe is with Sebulba, because I remember that where he's just like, no, no. But at the same time, you could say, no, he just doesn't want Sebulba to beat him up. Right. As for the ones like where he's talking to Padme before she leaves or talking to the Senate as the representative of Naboo to give Palpatine more power, those hand gestures are just emphasis on what he's talking about. Like he's sitting there addressing all the people and then says powers to Chancellor Palpatine points directly to him. Right. It's just emphasis on the point. But speaking specifically on that, that is also the argument people use to point in favor of Darth Jar Jar. Oh, he gave Palpatine all the power right there. Right. Right. It's it's but, a double edged sword in that argument because I can see why they, it could be used. But I also have a hard time believing that. Jar Jar was able to control the entirety of the Senate, like I said. I think that's I think he, I personally believe that he was supposed to be a Sith along some some you know, at some point of this journey. I think George just realized that he screwed the pooch uh, along the way, made Jar Jar too much like Goofy, made him too silly, made him too much of the buffoon, and when the backlash came, he wasn't uh, able to or didn't feel like he was able to to follow through with it, which, again, which what we talked about uh, Friday night, which is why we get Count Dooku with a very flat storyline. He was inserted, thrown into it, because they had to have somebody carry pick up the mantle and carry it. Honestly, I would have preferred if like George, like if that was the plan, I would have preferred that because having this goofy, ridiculous character all along, and then suddenly like just the sudden tonal shift or like even worse no shift at all and he's just like doors open in feed Darth Maul's not there from behind Jarger's just like sorry <laughs> and just guts people there I'd be like that would have been way more of a shock than a double bladed lightsaber but that was so pretty cool it uh, was, yeah. <laughs> John we're gonna stop putting your stuff on screen <laughs> I think John Wass says I think episode 9 would have been better if they had brought into the theory and used Darth Jar Jar instead of Zombie Palpatine you have been forgetting about me eh boyo <laughs> oh, that, that would have been honestly I might have liked Rise of Skywalker more <laughs> yep ju just for the fan service of like wait a minute like Using the whole, like, somehow Palpatine came back thing, but then they get to Exegol, and it's like, that's a Gungan. That's not a... What's happening? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, this is from the same planet in Naboo, so, you know, it kind of fits in. Drayton Allen, our, our Facebook page founder, says, last week's tie-in... Yeah, thanks for that again, Nick. Uh, Jar Jar was actually a Ben Jesseret who was manipulating events to further their own agenda in the advent of their chosen one, the Quizat Hatterach. I think I said that right. I'm not Something sure. Something like that. 
something Another, like that. It's it's a Dune reference. It's okay, Dune reference. I'm like, wait, like, is there an entire extent of Star Wars lore that I don't know any of those references? <laughs> well, I uh, can see the steam starting to come out of your ears, like, oh, dang it, I like, need to study that. Uh, 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 I'm like mentally flipping through the Jedi path, like, wait a minute, there's got to be something. So last week we did a what two sci-fi universes can you combine? Like, could be in the same universe. And I went with Dune is ancient history Tatooine. Because he hates everybody. <laughs> well, Drayton, your your wish was had. You wanted me to say that word again. Quizzats Hatterach. I know it's Hebrew for something. I just can't remember what it means. And I, just I think know it that means it's hard chosen one or something like that. But um, it could. That's a possibility. We'll go with that. The other thing too is, uh, the the main series in Star Wars, they want that. What they did is, they wanted some sort of a creature of sorts to be a little silly and then have a big reveal. And I know that they were trying to do that too, in the first one, having some roadside creature meet up with them and then have a big reveal later so like yoda we first meet him we don't realize he's the a, a jedi master but then later we're like oh <laughs> that was cool but so here, here's a couple things before we you know we're we only got about 20 minutes left here tonight but a couple things i want to go back to some things that, about ahmed best so Ahmed Best was the actor, of course, who played uh, Jar Jar and unfortunately got a lot of backlash for, well, just performing and, you know, and doing the job he was hired to do, which was sucks. Um, you know, not Jar Jar sucks, but it sucks that people treated him uh, that way. Here's the interesting thing. Jar Jar doesn't, uh, Jar Jar, yeah. Ahmed Best doesn't really dismiss a lot of these theories. He thinks that there's a lot of truth to these theories. Now, we're not saying that he's a, a Jar Jar truther or anything along those lines, but <laughs> Jar -Jar um, a Jar Jar truther. That's right. <laughs> it's gonna that's gotta be a thing. That's gotta be a thing. We gotta. Um, but what he does say is that there's some credibility to it, and that there's there's you know, um, in an article on Gizmodo. Um, from 2016 when he was addressed about the Darth Jar Jar theory and that Jar Jar was in fact a Sith Lord working with Palpatine in the prequels, best response was, there's a lot about it that's true. So he never went into great detail saying what parts of it were true, what parts of it weren't. There was that and then there was that other cryptic Twitter uh, post it feels that, really good when the hidden meaning behind the work is seen, no matter how long it takes. That's it. the one. Thank I you. Found it. That's why we keep Kathleen around. She she picks up. I don't put a lot into conversations, but I research while you guys are rambling. <laughs> so she keeps us on our toes. So there's a couple things here. So we, we have to look at, at those. There's a couple other things I want to point out about George Lucas and the way that he has formulated his stories. There's a lot of things where there's symbolism and repeats in, in how the, he does the stories and how the, they're set up. So if you remember uh, in the original trilogy, in the, o, in the OG OT, 
that there is a bumbling, fumbling idiot who all of a sudden uh, is revealed to be something bigger, greater, grander, a force user. That, of course, is Yoda. So the premise is here is that this was supposed to be the same thing, but Yoda's force opposite was Jar Jar Binks. That, again, is part of the theory and part of the thought process as to, uh, you know, how this all kind of came along. I don't think that, you know, a lot of people either say that he was Darth Plagueis, and there was even some people for a while who said that he was Snoke. And I'm like, yeah. no, he's not Snoke. He's not Snoke. That's not even a possibility. <laughs> I, I saw Snoke, Riven, Bane. I'm like, what? Yeah. Why are you doing this? <laughs> yeah. I would prefer if, like, if it is true, it's just Darth Jar Jar as opposed to he's actually all of these things. Right. And yes, Jason, I agree. I wish we could get Ahmed Best on the show to talk to us uh, about this, about this, about other things. I would actually just love to thank him for his work in Star Wars, uh, for what he's done, the abuse he took. Um, he's such an amazing person. And like, yeah, it, it boggles my mind when people go after like an actor or actress for the character they play. Like, right. it, it just I don't get it. And it is. It is mind-boggling when people can't pull character from actor and realize that right that this does not exist. This is a fictional character. Yeah, science fiction at that. So we have to you have to take much of it with a grain of salt. So the only uh, and thing I have to throw into yeah. this is this is a Screen Rant article with the top ten reasons that Jar Jar Binks is actually a Darth Jar Jar. Number one is that it's like, oh god, <laughs> I've read that article <laughs> and George exactly Lucas have article. all but confirmed it. George Lucas has claimed that Jar Jar is his favorite Star Wars character. He he has said that a bunch of times. I don't know if that is him just messing around and just wants to play off everyone's hate, oh, in which case, George Lucas is really the Sith Lord, uh, <laughs> but. That actually makes a lot of sense. But. <laughs> but at the same time, it's just like, is it what he had planned for Jar Jar that makes him his favorite? Or is it what he did with Jar Jar? Because we all know that literally any form of media that you do, whatever you have planned and whatever happens are totally different things. Like, uh, I play Dungeons and Dragons and I'm a dungeon master and everything I have planned never happens. Well, <laughs> all the time. Right. I have a group of murder hobos. <laughs> I planned this whole festival and carnival and everything, and they went, that's cool. We're going to leave town. I was like, okay. Uh, but, I mean, think about it. Luke was supposed to be, like, Star Killer. I don't even think Vader was actually supposed to be Luke's dad. I don't remember if, I, if I'm if i getting that right. But there's no, a think, lot I that think was you're right. I think that was changed. Ways. Yeah, I think that was changed. One more thing but, about before we go on with Kathleen's the rest of Kathleen's list. One of the other things that uh, that Ahmed had said, of course, and you know when he said uh, uh, in that quote, he said, um, "What I can say about it is this," and I kind of said this on Twitter. There's a lot about that that's true. Thank you, John. I I, I feel that. Thank you. He is also the DM for our group, and it uh, never goes well. Yep. Um, yep. He also goes on to say, "Best uh, Ahmed Best went on to say there are some of things that are not true." 
could have Jar Jar have evolved into that? I think the answer is yes. Because of the backlash, and rightly so, Lucasfilm backed off from Jar Jar a lot. But a lot of the influence I put into Jar Jar mirrored a lot of what was already in the Star Wars universe. Was there an official Darth Jar Jar in the works? That's really a George Lucas question. I cannot answer that. So, yeah. and then that's when he went on to continue to say, I will say this, it feels really good when the hidden meaning behind the work is seen, no matter how long it takes. That that does make a lot of sense, because like Jar Jar was super influential in episode one, kind of there for episode two, and episode three, I don't even think you see him until Padme's funeral. Right. Yeah, just... just like, there might have been like him in the corner once or twice, but after the... Oh no, he was in Palpatine's chamber for like five minutes. And then the next time you see him, Padme's dead. <laughs> so Correct. it's like, wow. They, so they did him case, dirty on episode three. Yeah, they did. Just in case says, if you know how many people were sacked by Disney for even saying a little bit about a Disney character, perhaps Lucas was flirting for Disney. Possible. Possible. All right, what else was, it, was your, uh, uh, did your also article say there? Is that his clumsiness might be an act, which we kind of touched on. Right, we talked uh, about that, that a little Palpatine bit. carefully orchestrated everything, which yeah. makes sense. And to be fair, Palpatine and Jar Jar are, from, are both from Naboo, so it's mm -hmm. basically... Well, so is Palpatine and Padme. So... Right, but um, Padme was more in the palace. I don't think uh, Palpatine was. If we're going by the, the, I mean, it's not canon now, but if we're going by the Darth Plagueis book, he was a noble. Okay. Like Palpatine's dad worked for yeah. the palace. I don't remember if he was a representative to the Galactic Senate or not, but I know he was like of nobility. He had money. See, this so. is why we have you here, Ben, because... We don't this know is why I, this is the reason why I don't remember people's names. I will meet someone a thousand times. If it if you didn't have names under your pictures, I'd be like, uh Tom. The girl. The mustache you, man. You person with Jar Jar behind you. You in the gray background. No, uh, but it's just an encyclopedia of Star Wars and video games and no room for anything else <laughs> other than bowling for soup from like the early two thousands. That's all the music that plays in my head. <laughs> It's, it's so bad. Great burrito extortion case over and over. Uh, high school never ends. Nineteen eighty-five. That just constantly on loop. It's Sorry, so bad. You said bowling for soup, and I'm like, <gasps> yeah. Yes, that and a lot yeah. of the Phineas and Ferb soundtrack. But anyway, uh, there's a reason yeah. for that, though. You know, so connects. Uh, it connects. Bowling for soup is awesome. Uh, Honestly, so it's things... sorry. I don't, I don't think they've done anything in like 20 years or something, but they're still my favorite band. They're like, right. it's so they've good. Got stuff brewing. They've got stuff brewing. So happy. Um, so we talked about him dodging death with uncanny precision. His infiltration of the Senate. Mm -hmm. um, giving absolute power to Chancellor Palpatine. That, yeah, that that's honestly that. everyone's biggest argument for it. It's just, but he did this. Yeah. Hand gestures six. we talked about. Um, his mirroring, being a mirror of Yoda. In oh, yay. Ways. I mean, he's tall. I don't know if 
orange is the opposite of green, but I'll let that one slide. <laughs> you know I think how they, they need force mirror. You know how they do like those animated um, fights like Darth Vader versus Superman or mm -hmm. whatever? They need to do one with Darth Jar Jar versus Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's the whole Darth Vader. I would absolutely I just... watch it. I would watch it with utter disgust, but fascination. <laughs> Be like, I hate every second of it, but I need to finish this. I, I love hearing Ben's deep sighs every time that something like that gets brought up. Just it's just <sighs> it's the soul sucking defeat that knowing of him knowing that he would sit there and watch it and and hate himself for doing it. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Padme was manipulating Anakin under Palpatine's direction to breed a replacement for an eventual Vader, but. He had Jar Jar murder her after she gave birth. What? I am lost. I I think he's just making right. it up. But Nick, that's your dad. Interpret, that's please. That's your problem. So, so I believe that's, that's he's your just, gene pool, sir. He, so he's check just, to make sure he's not having a stroke. I'm really hoping he's just. Yeah, he's just making it up, throwing okay. out a different theory or story just to have fun. Uh, okay. Okay. Like good, I kind of so like the idea of that happening. I mean, I've seen the theory of Palpatine actually like killing Padme with the Force. Like I've seen that theory because the Doctor's like, we don't know why she's just dying. Where it's like he, Palpatine is like sucking the life force out of her and putting right. it into there's, Anakin. There's I've seen no, that. Yeah, there's no clear reason as to why she died, but. Yeah, I've heard that too. That is a thing that happens, but you it would does. it has a physical manifestation. It will like rip holes in your heart. So the fact that this super advanced technological literally robot doctor is like, we don't know why she's dying. Not to mention back to tanks. Yeah, like throw her in a <laughs> fucking oops, sorry. Throw <laughs> throw her in a pool of water. That was my fault. I'm sorry. We heard nothing. You heard nothing. We move along. All Speaking right. of ears, Jar Jar Sorry. ears are the original <laughs> force dyad. Oh, jeez, John. All right. So what it comes down to is, do we have any answers? No. What we have is a lot of theories and a lot of probabilities and a lot of maybes and and you know even with the the people who originally portrayed Jar Jar, the person who originally portrayed Jar Jar can't say for certain whether or not this is a possibility. He thinks there's a lot of truth to it, but it's ultimately a George Lucas question, and I think this is something that George Lucas will ultimately take to his grave. I don't think he'll ever come out and say whether or not that was the actual thing or not. So He will just Yoda, and somebody will ask him if it's true, and he'll just stop talking and die. <laughs> Only Colto can do that. All right, Ben, we're, we're running out of time here, but uh, we want to make sure that people know a little bit about you, and we are so thankful to have you on here with us. So tell people where they can find out more about you and where they can go follow you at. Uh, you can follow me on TikTok at Hardy underscore Healer. I do Star Wars content. I've been making a lot of tea on TikTok recently. I actually have my tea set right there. Uh, yeah, I, I do a bunch of random things on TikTok. So if you want to follow me, that's where you can find me. All right. All right. 
excellent. I just put that into the chat so that people can find you. Please go check out Ben's stuff. I I subscribe to him and follow him on on TikTok. Ben's a really cool dude. I've gotten to know him a little bit over the last little bit, and uh, uh, a lot of fun. Big Star Wars fan. That's why he's here, and uh, uh, he knows more about Star Wars than I will have or have forgotten more about Star Wars than oh I will God, ever learn. Yes. It, it is a blessing and a curse when people ask me things and I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's just this. And it's like, oh, uh, how do you do basic math? I'm like, <laughs> let me take on off a minute. My shoes. I spent Hold 12 on. years doing this. <laughs> I can still do this. I can make it happen. Uh, so I, before I we to get this. into oh, the next sorry. part of the script, I do have a thing I need to tell Tim that I want oh, to tell Tim on live internet to watch the reaction. So you bought 20 Funko Pops this weekend? I, approximately, give or take. So at the well. at the the one booth where I bought my five, mm -hmm. he gave me a discount because I got you to buy so many of them. <laughs> the betrayal. So anyway, it was nice to have Kathleen on the show oh, with us tonight. No, that totally makes sense. It was so funny. So, like, you walked away with your bag of Funkos, and he's like, and I'm going to give you a discount because he just bought a lot. I did. I mean, that's a bonus for you. I just, you know, it's not my fault when somebody puts a clearance table in my way. Okay. I know. And as soon as he said $5 clearance table, and you're like, Oh yay! And okay, yeah, you skipped. My, my head shot up like a deer hearing a twig snap when he said five dollar clearance table. And there was a whole bunch of Funkos on there that I've been looking for and trying to find. And by golly, I found most of them. So <laughs> skip. They, they always get you with that. That especially at conventions where they're just like, ah, oh, but look at this, and you know what? I'll cut the price. You're just like, okay. Here's like, my firstborn. <laughs> No, no joke. I bought a uh, plushy Bulbasaur solely for the fact that its face was squished up against the glass case it was in, and I wanted to protect it. <laughs> like it was just pressed against the thing, and I was like, "No, I need to make it safe. Gimme." Okay. And then so they jammed no... another one, and I'm like, "I just bought one. I can't buy another." <laughs> so, out of all the Funkos that I found this weekend, this is the one that is kind of my like I am like giddy that I found. Okay. Because he's been awfully hard for me to find, or at least at a halfway decent price. And it's Captain Rex from Star Wars Rebels, Old Man Rex. Nice. I God, just I love Rex so much. I found that and I went <gasps> I, it was a visible uh, or an audible an audible squeak. And I I think the guy knew right then he had me and it didn't matter what he was going to charge me. Although I talked him down, I was pretty proud of that. Yep. Pretty proud of that. Uh right. So, so as a reminder, last Friday was our 50th episode! 50th! With a very special Star Wars guest. Do I have to read it again? No, no we have audio. Well, it'll be on the screens. People can read themselves. Oh. Play the video!
Hi, this is Daniel Jose Older. Welcome to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. <laughs> All right. So, yes, Daniel yeah. Jose Older, the lead story architect for the New High Republic series in Star Wars, creating worlds, characters, monsters, and more. So, there was that interview. And you can still find that episode of Funny Science Fiction on your YouTube channel and your favorite audio podcast providers. And remember, your subscription to our YouTube channel is a major help. So please don't forget to check, click, click, so please don't forget to click, like, and subscribe, subscribe as you watch those videos. You know what I'm most happy about right Nailing it. You know what I'm most happy about right here, right now? Normally, I'm the one who boots that line. <laughs> and Nick leaves it in when I screw it up, and he doesn't have a choice because this is live. So everybody got to hear that. But, but yeah, please don't forget to click like and subscribe, as Nick was trying to tell you. Now, this upcoming Friday, of course, uh, we ha continue on. We have our 51st episode, and we release an episode with a very awesome voice actor by the name of Paul Eiding. <laughs> Hello, it's Colonel Roy Campbell here, Metal Gear Solid, also known as Paul Eiding. Welcome to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. So that is Paul Eiding. He, as we mentioned, he's a voiceover actor. He's brought to life characters such as Perceptor from Transformers, Colonel Campbell from Metal Gear Solid. He is uh, Grandpa Max Tennyson on Ben 10 and so many other shows uh, if you look down his resume it's kind of like a who's who of what he's performed on and where he's been he's an absolute great guy with a ton of cool super cool stories so tune in this friday on our youtube channel funny science fiction podcast or listen to it on your favorite audio podcast destination either way don't forget to click like and subscribe uh, as you're doing it uh, it's a really cool interview and you guys are going to love it All right, guys, that's our show. Thank you, everyone, for being here tonight. And if you stuck through the entire show, you should probably find a therapist. If you think our, our beginnings of this show are rough and self-deprecating. <laughs> All right. Lo love the show. Got those landings, though. <laughs> just It's a little bumpy taking off. You're getting there. You're good throughout the whole thing. We're just, working on <laughs> We're just it's gonna good. crash back into it's it. wonderful. It's the reason why I watch. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you he so just much wants for, to watch for being the train here, wreck. Eh, well, you know, it's half the fun. That's why people watch, you know, uh, you know, Tiger King. So I might have to thing. I might have to release a blooper reel of sorts. Oh, we oh on that note, we gotta go. Okay, goodbye. Bye guys. <laughs> okay, bye. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of Funny Science Fiction, we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on one of our future episodes, please contact us by means of our Facebook group, Funny Science Fiction. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram using the handle at Funny Sci-Fi, or you can go to DraytonAllen.com and click the contact me link at the bottom of the page. Thanks again. Hope you enjoyed the episode. 